from sunny Minnesota, this is the Polaris Podcast, brought to you by the Polaris Help Center. I am Joe Zemer, and as you know by now, I am not an expert. Today, though, I am joined by two experts, and we're going to discuss how you can put your Polaris off-road vehicle to work, because sometimes before you can go trail riding, you need to get some work done around your property, and your Polaris ORV can help with that. First, we'll talk all things Ranger with Derek Zimney who in addition to being a Polaris program leader, runs a small hobby farm. Then we'll talk about ATVs with Polaris technical publications supervisor and sportsman owner Ryan Schomer. So let's get right to it. And joining us by phone from a responsible social distance of 300-some miles away in Roseau, Minnesota, is Derek Zimney. Derek, welcome to the podcast. Being a, a first-time guest, why don't we have you introduce yourself to everyone? Can you tell us about your career at Polaris and what your current role entails? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've been with Polaris for about 10 years now. I'm a program lead for the Snowmobile uh, Powertrain Division, which basically just a fancy way of saying I get to run new engine projects, um, primarily focused on stuff that are maybe three to five years out from release. So, you know, what that entails is we define what the engine specifications are, establish a project budget and a schedule, and and we execute that towards production. So that's the, the quick gist of it. Now, outside of work, what vehicles have you owned in the past, and what do you currently have? Yeah, so I've had a couple of Rangers. Um, and, and growing up, we always had Laris ATVs, too. Uh, particularly, my, my parents still have a, Trailblazer 250 that's in, in good running shape, I'm sure, with north of 10,000 miles on it now. But um, at home, personally, I have a Ranger Crew 1000, um, a couple of 120 snowmobiles, and uh, that's about it. Uh, fortunately, working in the snowmobile division, I have access to the vehicles for my weekend riding adventures, so don't own any snowmobiles currently. Not, not a bad benefit to have there. Uh, t- no, not at all. <laughs> Today we're talking about putting our vehicles to work. So let's talk about those rangers and how you use your ranger outside of work for also doing work. Um, what kind of stuff do you yeah. use your ranger for? Yeah, so my wife and I run a small hobby farm in the summer as well and have some chickens, basically do, uh, we have a pretty large garden plot too, or um, we run a roadside garden stand. And so the ranger gets used quite a bit for that kind of work hauling fencing around, um, hauling tools around. I do a lot of, we have quite a parcel of property where we um, are starting to clear trails so our kids can ride snowmobile and dirt bikes through the woods. So um, haul a lot of firewood, <laughs> oh, you know, my chainsaw and all the, all the stuff that comes with maintaining property. So they get a pretty good workout. Um, I don't do any field uh, work with it. I know a lot of guys use them for for growing food plots up here, but uh, we do have a, a good tractor that, that handles most of those duties at our farm. Well, as someone that grew up on a farm, the one thing I think of is picking rocks and how handy that thing would be for... Oh, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, well, mentioning that, we actually just had some some old pasture land that's being converted into, into a, a soybean field, and... We used it quite a bit for picking, uh, we refer to it as grub, but basically the, the brush and tree roots and stuff after you break new ground. So, you know, there was, there were some rocks mixed in, but it was a lot of, 
a lot of brush and root balls and stuff that <laughs> that we were cleaning up. Well, if someone happens to be in the area and wants to check out the roadside uh, stand you have, where should we send them? <laughs> um, actually, we're just five miles west of, of Rozo, the, the hometown of Claris. So um, we're right off Highway 11. So there you go. If you're going to make your pilgrimage to Rozo, check out Derek's garden stand too. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's an unmanned stand, so you may or may not see us there. My wife and I both work full-time jobs, but... Um, something we like to do and and the kids really enjoy as well well one thing we should point out quick is even though we're talking about work the ranger isn't just the workhorse too what do you use it for in terms of just exploring around and uh and seeing stuff too how capable is it as a trail vehicle yeah so as my kids are are getting a little bit older we like to do a a lot of exploring you know we live out in the country so it's enjoying the i guess the scenic country roads it's amazing how many minimum maintenance roads there are within a, a 20 minute drive of us that we've never been down. So, you know, just going out and you see some, some pretty amazing things, lots of cool wildlife and, and just, you know, things that you would never expect coming across old cabins or old farm sites or, or things of that nature. But um, we are going to get into some more trail riding. We actually, bought a uh, a seasonal campsite so there's a lot of atv riding that goes on around there and i'm looking forward to taking my ranger down there and exploring around um, i passed the county a bit with it so all right let's focus back in on some of those tasks around the property you talked about when it comes to using that ranger for hauling cargo what are the correct ways to to haul cargo and what are the safe ways to do that yeah, obviously you want to stay uh, within the load capacity of the vehicle. I, a lot of the stuff we're doing is is slow speed, you know, under five miles an hour, just because we're kind of putzing around the yard. So, in those instances, I don't really have to secure my load. But you know, for instance, if you are trail riding and you have a cooler uh, in the back or maybe some some tools or stuff, you definitely want to make sure that stuff is secured down. They are capable vehicles. They can handle the bumps and the rough trails, too. And uh, it's pretty easy to pitch some of that stuff out of the back if you're not careful. But, you know, for us, it, it, it's cleaning up brush, cleaning up firewood, um, you know. And, and I don't have any uh, bed extenders on, on my Ranger, so really kind of limited to, you know, when we're collecting firewood, we're kind of stacking it to the height of the box, and that's about it, and, and transporting it to our wood pile. But, um yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's pretty easy picking rocks. You can overload a, a vehicle pretty easily. So um, just kind of keeping keeping aware of what you're doing. So make sure to read that owner's manual. It's there for a reason. Yep, and and the warning labels too. There's <laughs> we I think we do a pretty good job of laying out what the capacities are for our vehicles. Let's talk about the winch operation then. This is something a lot of people will use. What experience do you have using the winch and what are really important safety precautions we need to emphasize to people when they're using the winch on their player's vehicle? Yeah, so I have a Pro 6000 winch on mine. Um, I went with a heavier duty model because I wanted the, the remote control. So there is a model with a, it's an actual uh, wireless remote and then there's one with a corded remote, I guess, that would, that would be attached to the vehicle. Um, for me, we as we're uh, making trails, we're pulling a lot of brush out and, and having that cordless remote allows me to throw that in my pocket. I can freewheel the winch out, you know, hook onto some brush and then uh, 
use the weight of the ranger to anchor it and obviously you don't want to be between the vehicle and, and whatever you're winching so you know we stand off to the side and i can stay kind of close to the work site and see what's going on and and keep an eye on it while using that that cordless winch and um, you know it's pretty easy to back that off too if you see that well, we use a, it's called a brush scrubber, and it's basically like a spiked clamp that, that grabs on the two, three, four inch diameter trees. And sometimes that'll kind of start slipping off of the, off of the brush if it's, you know, wet enough or whatever. So being able to stop that winch right away and, and kind of keep an eye on things is, is pretty beneficial. So I definitely, definitely love the, the wireless remote on these. They work awesome. But, you know, some of the other tips, too, we just had a really big storm roll through Roseville, um, 50 mile an hour winds and about three and a half inches of rain just a couple of days ago. And I got a lot of uh, trees and, and brush that, that went down in that storm, and we're kind of in the process of cleaning all that up. And what I like to do, too, because this winch has a um, synthetic rope on it, is just use a short piece of chain, maybe say a 10-foot piece of chain if you're securing a tree branches or whatever so that you're not pulling that synthetic rope um, through and over rocks and things like that you know and it really helps prolong the, the life of that rope if you can kind of get it out of the out of the way but um, using a short choker chain is a, is a great way to do that well for lots more winch tips too i would encourage everyone to visit the polaris help center we have a winch guide on there i'm going to put the link to that article in the description of this episode, so everything you need to know about winches will be in there too. Uh, let's talk about accessories, Derek. This is one way that it can make your work a lot easier. What accessories have you found helpful on your Ranger or ones that you would like to add to your Ranger perhaps? Yeah, so right now uh, we like the open wind, so I don't have a full cab on my Ranger yet, although I would like one for winter. Um, right now we're running a, uh, the sport roof and a half windshield. Um, and really, it's just to kind of cut the wind. My my kids are a little bit younger, and uh, when we like to go out riding, it, it helps them. I, I personally like the open wind, so the half windshield covers them, and, and I'm still in the breeze. So um, things that I would like, though, I've been really eyeing up that chainsaw mount, that kind of mount that external to the bed. So it's really nice because it, the chainsaw is mounted securely, but it's actually mounted outside of the box. And so you have your entire box capacity for firewood or, or whatever else you might be carrying. You know, I do a lot of plowing in the winter too. That's my ranger is my main uh, snow clearing method. And the plow, and I have hydraulic um, lift and angle adjust on my plow, and it, the angle adjust is absolutely phenomenal. For those of you that are still getting out and and using the manual angle adjust, you got to get this accessory hydraulic cylinder stick because once you use that hydraulic angle adjust, you're not going to want to go back. Moral of the story is the Ranger is versatile and it's good year round too, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we we have a lot of guys that are using them up here for you know ice fishing. I have a friend that has a 24 foot ice castle and he's got skis on it and they pull pull it across the lake with their ranger it's a crazy capable vehicle and and for him it's awesome because he can get away from the crowds when he's out fishing makes it a little more difficult for people to get to his hunting hole i guess 
Well, Derek, thank you so much for the time and all that expertise. Good luck with everything you have going on there, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Joe. So that's the Ranger. But maybe you're not a side-by-side person. Maybe you prefer an ATV. Well, in that case, let's shift gears and talk about the player sportsman. And for that, we welcome in Ryan Schomer. We welcome in a first-time podcast guest. Ryan, first of all, thank you a ton for joining us. Since you're new to the podcast, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Tell us how long you've been at Polaris and what your current job entails. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm Ryan Schomer. I've been with Polaris for a little over 14 years, and I'm currently working in the service publications group that's responsible for service manuals, field communications, and accessory instructions. Perfect. And you are an ATV owner. So what sort of ATV do you have? Well, I have a 2008 Sportsman 500 X2, um, which I've had uh, ever since it was brand new. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit more about the X2, because I think if someone is looking for an ATV to use for work and utility, that's a model they might be really interested in. So why did you decide on that X2 when you got it in 2008? Yeah, the X2 was the perfect combination of utility as well as recreation. Uh, You know, I wanted to be able to bring somebody along for a ride. Uh, You know, the X2 capability, the pop-up seat was really nice for that. But also the cargo box in the back was a lot better, uh, gave me a little more capacity for hauling around wood chips or blocks and, and things like that. It just gave that extra space uh, and, and use for, for the application that I needed around the yard. Well, I'm going to put a link in the description of this episode to an orientation video we made about the new X2 models. And I think if you're interested in that, you should take a look at that and see a little more what it has to offer because it really is a super capable ATV, like Ryan said. What sort of jobs do you use that X2 for around your property? Well, the nice uh, nice thing that I use it for primarily is snow plowing. Uh, you know, I've got a, a 50-inch plow on the front, and I'll do my yard, do some of the neighbor's yards. And the X2 chassis is really nice for plowing because it's a lot more balanced. But also, during the summer months, uh, I use it for a lot of gardening applications. You know, uh, whenever we're moving around blocks or rock, mulch, anything along that line, the storage box in the back uh, just gives you that capability without having to back the truck up into the yard and tear everything up. Let's talk about some of those jobs and how we can do them properly and most importantly, safely. When you're talking about hauling cargo of any kind, what are the correct and proper ways to use an ATV to haul things so you don't you know, spill out of your, out of your ATV? Right. Um, you know, that's the important thing is knowing the load that you're dealing with. Uh, You know, you don't want to exceed the capacity of the vehicle or the cargo box, um, you know, which could cause it to tip uh, or could damage damage the box in general. Uh, But along that line, you know, making sure you're dressed properly uh, is one of the most important things. For me, I'm working around low-hanging branches. I'm working around a lot of other hazards. So, you know, make sure you got the helmet on. Make sure you're wearing long pants. you know, for me, uh, since I'm working with a shovel and, and that, um, it helps to have the work gloves on too, uh, give you that extra grip too. Well, you mentioned making sure you have the right load. You're the perfect person to talk to about this since you're involved with some of the manuals. Where can people find all those, all those correct loads? Yep, those loads can be found in both the service manual and in the owner's manual. Um, you know, right at the beginning for chapter one in the service manual, we'll walk through uh, the capacities of the front rack, uh, the rear cargo area, um, as well as just the gross vehicle weight. So, you know, you've got to take in consideration the rider, any accessories that you have on the ATV, and then your front and rear load. 
Well, another thing you might use your ATV for too is maybe pulling a shrub or a bush, uh, something that's near and dear to my heart because I'm looking out my window right now at several large shrubs that I'm not crazy about. If I was to do that, walk me through that process of how to do that correctly with my ATV. Yeah, uh, the best thing to do is um, you can use a winch on there to, to pull all those out. Um, now, the most important thing is either need the nylon rope for safety reasons um, or use a chain to wrap around your shrub or bush and then hook your winch cable to that if you don't happen to have the synthetic rope. Uh, in my case, I was able to wrap the synthetic rope right around the base of the shrub that I was dealing with uh, and then putting my ATV in park or locking the front brake on it uh, and then using your winch to pull it out. Uh, you know, that's one of the most important things is that you're not pulling with the ATV because uh, the winch is designed to winch in to pull your load instead of tugging on that cable, which could give you a pretty nasty consequence if that rope or cable were to break. And I'm going to put a link once again to our winch guide that can be found on the Polaris Help Center in the description of this episode. Any snow plowing tips that you would pass along? I know we maybe don't want to think about snow right now, given how nice it is outside, <laughs> but it's going to be here before we before uh, we know it. So what sort of tips would you pass along to people who are going to use their ATV year-round? And the, a lot of the snow plowing tips uh, revolve around speed. Um, you know, the plow frames that are used on these things are built durably, and they can withstand a lot of shock and impact. Uh, but a lot of times where, where you can run into problem as well as, uh, you know, safety riding the ATV is if you're exceeding the speed, you know, that's, that it's designed to work with. Um, so like in the plow, you really shouldn't go any faster than about five miles per hour when you're plowing, because if you were to hit something, number one, you could get bucked off. Uh, number two, the frame could collapse on the uh, plow, or you could damage the blade uh, of the of the plow system. So all that is important to keep in mind. Uh, you know, a lot of the tips are knowing, knowing what you're working with. You know, if, you, if you're if you plowing something that's unfamiliar, definitely take it slow. Uh, you know, mark off the areas of a driveway, uh, if that will help you know where you need to plow. Uh, because not only do you want to not damage your ATV or plow system, but you also have to make sure you're not damaging landscaping that's around you or maybe you got a sprinkler head that's in that area. You know, all that stuff is really good to mark off um, to kind of know your surroundings. One more thing we should talk about is accessories. Are there any accessories you have on your vehicle that would help or any that you think would be very helpful for people who are thinking about getting an ATV to do some of that yard work um, or plowing in the winter? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the the winch is always, always the top one. You know, I always tell people whether they're um, recreational riding or doing utility work, uh, having, a, having a good winch on your is important uh, for me i say the the plow plow blade plow frame uh, those are accessories that i find important here in minnesota uh, just because it's a lot easier than breaking my back out in the driveway with a shovel um, but on top of that a work light uh, is really nice to have um, you know i've got the work lights on the rear of my atv so i can just mount those and flick on the switch and i can work later into the evening without having to have cables or anything uh standing lights out in the yard other than that, uh, mirrors, uh, since I do quite a bit of plowing with mine, I find it important to have the mirrors on there so I can constantly know what's behind me since I'm going to be backing up frequently. 
uh, you know, that that one was is pretty key. And you know, for for a safety item such as that, if you're plowing, uh, it is extremely kind of a cheap addition. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for the tips. I hope you have a productive rest of the gardening season before we have to start thinking about snow plowing. But thanks for joining us, and thanks for all the knowledge. All right, thank you. A huge thanks to Derek and Ryan for joining us, and a huge thanks to all of you for listening. If this is your first time listening, welcome aboard. If you like what you've heard, hit that subscribe button, and please consider leaving us a five-star review. And then spread the word. Tell your friends to subscribe wherever they get their podcasts. Don't forget to go back and listen to some past episodes to learn more about your vehicle. In the context of this episode, I would especially recommend the episode on plowing snow from December. Those links that I mentioned earlier, well, those can be found in the description of this episode, along with a link to the online owner's manuals. Please read all the safety warnings found in the owner's manual. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned for future episodes. Until then, this has been the Polaris Podcast. Hey, everyone. That is Clover, and she would like to remind everyone that the Polaris Podcast is brought to you by the Polaris Help Center. That's right, Clover. The Help Center is your first stop for vehicle information, maintenance tips, and how-to videos. Just look for the Help button in the upper right-hand corner of any Polaris brand website. Hey, I'll tell them if you'll settle down and give me a chance. Anyway, Clover says to remember that all riders should always wear helmets, eye protection, and protective clothing and footwear. Read, understand, and follow your owner's manual. Never ride under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Ride within the limits of your own abilities and never engage in stunt or exhibition driving. Satisfied, Clover? (laughs) Ha ha!